Grand final week, the last round of the Bosch Motorsport Australia Rally Championship is upon us. And on special stage, we're here to talk all about it as we look forward to the last round that is aptly in Canberra, Peter, one of the most famous November time slot events we've had throughout the years in Australian rallying. It's back to a, what many would call a traditional slot. Welcome along. Yeah, thanks, Luke. For me, it's definitely the the traditional spot for the Rally of Canberra, and and my my memory goes back to the late nineteen eighties and the early nineteen nineties when it was the Asanda Rally of Canberra, um, and yeah, traditional spot at the end of November. It was always hot. It was always dusty, um, often thunderstorms as well. So it's amazing what the the Canberra weather can throw at us. Speaking of the weather, I think it's going to be hot, dry, and dusty. Thursday, the forecast is for perhaps a little bit of rain, but then for Saturday and Sunday, it's going to be in the high 20s and dust might be an issue, tyre wear might be an issue. So there are a couple of the things that we're going to be talking about through the next little while on the podcast as we preview what is arguably the best and the closest finish to the Australian Rally Championship in a long, long time. Last year, between the brothers Lewis and Harry Bates, we had a final that was really an amazing spectacle and unfortunately one that didn't get to the heights that it probably could have this time around though it's more likely that a power stage might determine the championship and the the end result certainly last year it was building up to being uh an event that went down to the last stage again but unfortunately harry bates put the car off the road um but heading into this year with the rally of canberra we've, we've got to remember too that lewis bates hasn't had a very good record at all on this event being his home event I think he's only finished once out of the last four events there. So that will be playing on his mind as much as perhaps the reliability issues that Harry has had with his GR Yaris AP4 throughout the last 18 months as well. So there's certainly a lot to play out. And there's a lot to talk about. I just got off the phone with with Lewis Bates, who I've interviewed for an article to go on our website over the next couple of days. And this morning, as we record this, I spoke to Harry. So i spoke to both of the two leading protagonists and they've got differing views about how they're going to approach things. Clearly they both want to win the event, but I'm sensing some confidence and some perhaps some trepidation about certain stages and the way that the event might might come across and, and might unfold. Because Peter, when you're talking about Canberra, you really can't talk about it without speaking about the roughness of the roads and also the reliability that sometimes is not there for cars because the roads are so so tough they are luke they're very tough and and my memory takes me back to to possum Bourne tearing a wheel off neil bates tearing a wheel off cody crocker having a big role chris atkinson having a big role in his suzuki swift uh when he was there so there's all sorts of things that can go on and the roughness and the conditions of the road can can play a real part particularly at this time of the year um, we know that a lot of new south wales has been pretty much drought ridden for a lot of the time um, one of the things that Neil Bates mentioned to me earlier today was the fact that the roads up there this time of year are so, so slippery. Uh, it's going to be dusty. It's going to be dry. It is going to be incredibly slippery. So while you might be driving the perfect stage, one missed apex, one sliding too wide on a corner could be the end of your rally. So while we're all looking for the power stage finale that uh, will decide this year's title, um, there's a lot to go out or a lot to play out before we can get to that point. Yeah, and it might be all done by the time we get to the midday service on Saturday or the, the evening service on the Saturday. We we don't know what's going to happen. And what's really unique about Canberra is you've got the stages out in the Brindabella side of Canberra and then you've also got the stages 
out the east side of Canberra to the to the Cowan Forest region. They're two completely different style of roads, but what's almost rarer is the fact that they're both just so tough. Like different days of different rallies can be very different, but really these two are, are both as rough and as bad on the car as each other. I think that's right, and, and the Brindabella side is a lot more, I guess, hilly and, and twisty and technical, um, mm. but it can be exceptionally rough as well. There's a lot of water runoff on those roads as well, so that can be quite detrimental to the conditions, whereas over on the other side, out the Queenbeyan side near the Cowan Forest, there's, I, I would imagine the roads are quite a bit faster out there, but again, they can be they can be treacherous and rough as well. So any driver, any crew has got to make sure they get through the whole rally, but um, it is really an event where past experience does play a big part. You mentioned briefly before about the past experiences of the two guys who were leading the title, Lewis and Harry Bates. Lewis has has struggled in that event over previous years. In 2018, he he retired his car. In 2019, he rolled during the one-day event that was really only a thing for one season in the Australian Rally Championship. In 2020, he also put the car off the road on what was probably the first corner of the rally. Last year as well, he was in a really good fight with Harry Bates before putting his car off the road in some really, really treacherous conditions in the wet. So comparing him to Harry Bates, who hasn't lost there since 2018, they come in with completely different histories and and maybe not so much knowledge of the event, but confidence to be able to drive fast on the roads. I think that's 100% right, Luke. And, and you mentioned that trepidation that Lewis had in his voice when you spoke to him today. And I think that's probably... Not so much a confidence thing um, or a, something that's worrying him about a lack of knowledge of the stages, but certainly a lack of competitive knowledge. And what happens, obviously, when you retire from events is you don't get that competitive mileage on the stages. You can do the recce as many times as you like, but it's that competition on those stages when you're pushing to the limit that really comes to the fore. And that's an area that obviously Harry has had a big a big advantage over Lewis over the past few years, and I think that would make him clearly the favourite this weekend. Harry, to me, when I was chatted to him, sounded like a man who was clear in his mind and clear with what he wanted to do. He he said to me that last year in Coffs Harbour, he was thinking about the points, thinking about what he needed to do to try and put himself in the right position to be able to, to win the title at that event. This time around, he's not really worried about that. He's just going to go out and drive it, he tells me. And to have a clear head like that is a really important thing to be able to just go and drive and go and enjoy the driving, which he says is a huge part of him actually driving fast as well. Correct. And I think from the fans' point of view, the greatest asset that we've got this weekend is that both Harry and Lewis have won the Australian Championship before. So it's not like last year in 2022 when one of them, or sorry, when Lewis hadn't won the title before. This year, they've both won the championship previously. So I think uh, we can expect a full-on fight between the two of them. And Lewis has shown over the last 18 months that his speed has increased dramatically over what it was two years ago. And um, anybody who writes him off on speed alone, I think, has uh, got another thing coming. Yeah, in the power stages this year, it's three to Harry and two to Lewis. So Lewis is clearly not a stranger to flicking the switch and going as fast as he possibly can and actually beating his brother. So if it does come down to the last power stage that we're all hoping it does, that I'm sure he's got the pace to be able to do it. It's just really who's better on the day. As you said, probably the shorter the power stage, the better that it does suit Lewis because he can. He seems to be able to 
can or maintain that that faster pace for a shorter period of time. Whereas Harry perhaps has a bit more endurance in his driving over a over a longer period. But yeah, we wait and see. But uh, as you said before, it's a long way to go, and we've still got to get to that power stage with this situation for it to happen. We're hoping and dreaming it gets to that last power stage, and that we can all can all watch and unfold and have one of the greatest finishes that we've ever seen. So we're looking forward to that hopefully happening. But the stages in general, there's only a couple that are new. The power stage is one of them, although some of the, the roads clearly have been used before as it's part of the famous settlement spectator area there. And also another one, stage two of the rally, which is Kingfisher, which is essentially an old mine shaft stage used in reverse. Clearly, they're not going up the mine shaft as you can't go through the mine shaft anymore. But that's one of the new stages, and it's a 24-kilometer stage to start it. It's a stage that they know well in Oki Creek, but second up is a 10-kilometer brand-new stage. So by the end of the second stage and after the third stage, by the end of the first loop, there's two really, really tough stages to be able to to set the, the order as how it rolls out for most of Saturday. That makes it tough, doesn't it? You mentioned a 24-kilometre stage to start with, and that can really make or break your event. I mean, if if, if you started with a 7- or 8-kilometre stage, even a 10-kilometre stage, then th- there's a chance to, to drop two or three seconds there and, and, and maybe not be a big issue. But on a 24K stage, if you happen to drop 10, 15, maybe more seconds, then your whole rally could be decided at that point. So it really will be a case of both guys heading out there from the get-go and making sure they're on their game right from the start. That's what Lewis mentioned to me when he when I when I asked him what about the 24 kilometer stage to start with. He said, "Well, usually we've started with Hiles Block or another shorter stage, which is out that side of Canberra. And Hiles Block is a stage that a lot of them know well. It's been used on a number of occasions, and it's particularly fast as well. It's not quite as technical as some of the other stages that are there. So you're not going to lose as much time there. But when you go to an Oakey Creek or you go to an East West." It's not called East West anymore, but it's it's just so hard to be able to pick anything and be able to get right into a rhythm when the stages are so hard, and then you've got a new one thrown in there as well. And doesn't it make the setup of the cars, I mean, incredibly important as well? I mean, if if one guy goes out with a, a better setup than the other, then that can make a huge difference, but can also bring into play other guys who are in the field as well. I mean, you look at Eddie Maguire and his Skoda, Luke and Earings Fiesta. There's there's plenty of people in there who can actually put in top three stage times and potentially could um, help to desert, to determine the, the result of the championship. Let's talk about those guys. Is is there any of those people that you think might be able to jump up and maybe they take the power stage win, maybe they finish in second on the power stage or they can really put their hand up and, and make a huge, huge difference in what the championship outcome could be? Potentially, Luke, yeah. I mean... For me, Eddie Maguire is is the standout there, but, but Eddie doesn't have a lot of experience of of those roads, if any. Um, so that's going to put him at a really, really big disadvantage. Um, Luke and here, I don't think the consistency is there for him to to push for a podium place. Alex Rullo was a guy. Um, again, he hasn't been to Canberra that I'm aware of, but um, he's he's a guy who's coming on in leaps and bounds. But as far as consistency and overall speed over the weekend, I really don't think there's anybody that can can push Lewis or Harry. Certainly not with Nathan Quinn not appearing in the event this year. So uh, to me, it's going to be a two-horse race. But, yeah, as I said, there are other guys who can put in stage times here and there to actually upset things. Mm. And all it could be could be a power stage upset. 
it could be somebody like a Lucanier who's who's won stages this year. Troy Dow's won stages in the ARC, so was Alex Rulo this year. All it takes is is one small thing to be able to throw this thing on its head and be able to, you know, change the course of of who might be champion when we come to what will be about two thirty or three o'clock on on Saturday. Sorry, Sunday afternoon. Yeah, and we shouldn't forget Richie Dalton in all of this as well. I mean, Richie's only contesting um, for the New South Wales Rally Championship, which he's leading at the moment. But he finished third in the ARC last year and and I think finished second in a couple of events as well. So he's got the car, the ability and the knowledge of those Canberra roads to actually put in a stage time that could actually help to upset things. Moving further down the field and talking about the Production Cup, one of the great news stories that came out over the weekend was that Bodie Reading is in fact going to be there in Canberra aboard Brendan Reeves' Subaru Impreza WRX. Now Bodie unfortunately crashed his car at the Adelaide Hills Rally recently but through some funding and some very generous support from sponsors he's been able to lease the Reeves car to compete in this event and it's a car that's done well at the event in the past and it's won rounds of the Australian Rally Championship before. It is a great car. And before we get on to that, Luke, I just want to make mention of Bodie and the crash that we've all probably seen on, on social media and video since the Adelaide Hills rally. Um, Bodie made a very slight error, but we've seen the footage of Harry Bates making almost the identical error as well and got away with it. So he was incredibly unlucky to to roll there. Um, but as you say, it's great that the funding has come through for a number of, from a number of backers for him and to see him in the ex-Brendan Reeves car which is still owned by Brendan, is um, it's a great coup for the event and I think he'll really put his his best foot forward. Elsewhere in Production Cup, Molly Taylor seated well up the leaderboard in, in fifth place. She won't be all that happy, although she'll be happy with the seating, but not that she's going to have a, a less swept road, more or less, to be able to fight from. Her main rivals are much further down the list in 12th, 13th and 14th and are going to have really good road positions to be able to drive fast from. Herself, as well as Taylor Gill and Steve Maguire, will also be chasing the win there. But between Steve and Bodie, it's really the two-horse race for the title. Bodie only needs a podium, but Steve needs to beat all comers. He needs to beat Gill and he needs to beat Taylor to be able to win the title. So lots can happen. And as we've said all throughout this podcast, the roads are hard. You've just got to make it through. The road position there is a critical thing, I think, too, Luke, is um, you mentioned that Molly is starting car five, which is fantastic for her. But both Steve and Bodie are starting car 13 and 14, which probably won't be a big issue on the first pass of stages. But on the second passing of stages, particularly with the dry conditions, those roads are likely to cut up a fair bit. So there's a lot can play out there. And and if you get too wide or you get caught in a wheel rut or something like that, it could easy end your rally with it without any sort of um, fault of your own, I guess. Mm. And someone else who will be... Comparing their times to the Production Cup runners is is Scott Petter, who's in the Subaru WRX, the new 2024 WRX Challenge car, which will be running its second event, but its first event competitively. So so Scott and, and his co-driver, Glenn McNeil, are an invitational entry this weekend. So it'll be nice to be able to compare their times against the production cars and also the, the R5 and, and Rally 2 cars. They're not going to be that fast, of course, but they're going to be setting times and it's going to be nice to be able to see where that car stacks up in terms of its competitors and and how fast it is and how nice it is to watch on the stages 
Correct. And I think from from the Adelaide Hills Rally where it ran as the zero car, I think the times that Scott was setting were were around the, the times of Sanders in the Ford Fiesta Rally 3 car. So there or thereabouts. So as you say, it's not going to challenge for production cup victory and it's it's a lot a lot heavier with less power than those production cup cars. With the, the proposed Subaru Challenge or the WRX Challenge next year, that'll be really interesting to see, as will seeing Scott Petter get some more miles under his belt because there's still that talk about maybe he'll come back next year in a, in a Rally 2 car um, and try and compete for outright points. So, um, yeah, a lot to look forward to. There's a couple of benefits in him, not only testing that WRX Challenge car, but he might also be using those events to get some good notes ready for next year if, like we all hope, that he comes back to the championship and and has a red-hot crack at it. Definitely, yeah. And before we finish on that Production Cup stuff, I mean, again, worth mentioning that uh, Taylor Gill and Dan Brick are coming back from their European escapades, um, which just finished a couple of days ago. And they'll be competing in the Subaru that Taylor drove to victory in the Production Cup in 2022. And hopefully by the time the the rally starts in Canberra, there'll be some news out about Taylor competing in the Junior World Rally Championship next year. So Taylor and Dan Brick have gone from Germany, the rally that they've just competed. They've gone to Geneva, to the FIA office, to debrief about their season, their, their FIA rally star training season. And hopefully at that meeting, they'll be able to get their verdict on whether they're one of the four crews who go forward to the junior WRC next year. I think we speak for everybody here in saying that they they hope that they can get through to that next stage. And it's been great to be able to follow them this year as they they go on their international rallying journey. That's right. And I mean, I think we're all, I would say, pretty confident in saying that we expect that Taylor will be one of those four drivers. Of the six rally star competitors this year, Taylor was the only one to finish every event. Uh, he was usually the fastest or the second fastest in all the events. Um, so I think, yeah, from my from my understanding or my hopes, I guess um, he would definitely be part of the uh, the FIA World Rally Championship next year in the Junior WRC. And again, driving that Ford Fiesta Rally Three, which will be amazing for Australia and for for Taylor. The WRC has its last round of the series this weekend as well. Unfortunately, we won't be able to pay as much attention to it as we like, given we'll be in Canberra for the the last round of the ARC. But in Japan, it's a tarmac rally that that had mixed weather conditions last year, and perhaps it might be wet again this year. So it's going to be interesting to follow along as to who's going to take that last round. It's almost a dead rubber in terms of where championship points and stuff will lie, but maybe there's going to be a dark horse who sets some great times. Adrian Formo is back in the Ford Puma. So there's lots of things to be able to to follow on and, and hope for for the last round of the WRC. And how disappointing is it that finally we get a rally that's virtually within our time zone so that we can watch it during the day, but we're going to be out in the forest watching an ARC round. So um, it's a bit of a catch-22 there, but yeah, it, it'll be a great season finale and of course, Calais Revenpere has obviously already won the world championship, but um, some guys to still wanting to make a, a point and prove a point. Point uh, Tanak for a start, he's hoping for a, one final victory in the Ford, Thierry Neuville, but also there's other guys out there like Esapeka Lappi who needs a result for Hyundai if he's mm-hmm. to have any chance of getting a drive for next year. So I think, Luke, you, and you correct me on this, but I think Hyundai is the only team that's named their driver lineup for next year, but maybe that's not 100% correct. Well, they've got Thierry Neville and Oit Tanak both locked in for next year, but it's that third seat 
that's really up in the air that's that's been driven in part by Timo Sunanen this year as well as Danny Sordo. Esa Pekalapi will be bumped from the second to the third seat given their recent signings. So it's hard to know who's going to be the, the main man there. And you would think that, that Timo Sunanen and Esa Pekalapi would be wanting to do the same events. They're both Finns. They're both good on fast gravel. So they can't really compete on the same event together. So they've got to be able to find out a balance and a way to to get a partnership and a combination for their three drivers that works well across the whole season because there's no doubt that they're going to be chasing the manufacturer's title that they've been without for a number of years now. And I think there's probably little chance that either of those guys will end up back at M Sport Ford because they both left before their time probably without um, producing the results that we probably know they're, they're capable of. So it is tough for those two Finnish guys. And, and when we look at M Sport, clearly they've lost Tanak for next year, which is a massive blow, and they're not going to have uh, a so-called number one driver. But there's been talk of Oliver Solberg going to to M Sport to to get back in a Rally 1 car. Uh, Adrian Formo, Pierre-Louis Lubay, we're not sure what he's doing yet. Andreas Mikkelsen, I mean, he's another, he's just won the WRC2 World Championship again. So there are talented drivers out there. And I think um, M Sport need a guy like uh, a Mickelson, like a Solberg, who's proven over the last couple of years that they're very, very reliable drivers uh, and somebody just to to headline that forward attack and and have Formo or, or Lubay as the, as the secondary drivers. Mm. The New South Wales Rally Championship also concludes at the Rally of Canberra. There's three guys who are in with a shot for the title. Richie Dalton, Tim Wilkins and Riley Walters are all within a big chance of getting that that championship win. Richie's won a couple of events and he's on good form at the minute. He won the most recent round of the series and is seated in a really good row position for the title chase. So it's hard to know where that one's going to go. There's three different cars that are going to be chasing it. And yeah, do you have any thoughts on that, Peter, as to where it might go? I think I think on performance, Luke, and and the cars, Richie in the, the Yaris AP4 is, is a clear favourite. He's... He's seated car 70s, 11 and 12 positions on the road ahead of Riley and Tim, which uh, I think will be a big, big advantage in Canberra, particularly on the second pass of the stages. Um, but again, as we've said, look, all those three guys are, are more than deserving of the New South Wales Rally Championship title this year. And one spark plug error or a spin or a puncture or anything like that can can be the t- determining factor as to who becomes the champion. So Again, good luck to all three guys. Um, they'd all be deserving. It's not only the fight for the Australian title, it's the New South Wales title as well that we'll be keeping our eye on. So make sure you stay on rallysportmag.com throughout the rest of this week and also into the weekend as we cover everything we can on the Rally of Canberra. There'll be lots to talk about. We've got interviews that are going to go up with Lewis and Harry Bates. Peter, you spoke to Neil Bates as well. Uh, this morning I believe so there's lots of things that we're going to bring out over the next little while as we look forward to the event and also cover the event as it happens so make sure you grab a subscription that really helps us as we keep going towards bringing you more and more content of rallying across across the year and, and into next year as well and we shouldn't forget Luke that uh, on Thursday of this week there's the MRF tyres test for ARC crews ahead of next season when MRF will take over from Hoosier as the one-make tyre supplier. Uh, it'll be interesting to see out there at the test on Thursday who gets out and has a run on the new tyres and uh, what the opinions are. So we'll be there to, to um, take note of all that and to bring our listeners and readers all the news. 
make sure you're following along to the Subaru Canberra Rally of Canberra as the rally season concludes for the Australian Rally Championship and may the best driver win. Absolutely, and we look forward to uh, seeing people out in the forest on the weekend. If you see us floating around, say good day, and um, yeah, we look forward to catching up. <laughs>